What's up, world? I got a question for you. What is it that makes coffee so damn good? Maybe it's that caffeine and dopamine hit you get after pounding a pot or two. Or perhaps it's that feeling of connection that you get when you sit down with another person to work on yourselves in the process of recovery. Maybe it's the fact that you can take something so bitter and turn it into something so delicious. Whatever it is, we in the recovery community love our coffee. And why not? Coffee is fuel. Coffee is love. Coffee is life. That's what makes Brainwash Coffee the perfect partner for the Other Side of Hell podcast. Not only is every flavor of Brainwash Coffee mastered and handcrafted by obsessive minds who won't stop until they've gotten it just right, but 50% of all proceeds go back into the recovery community to help those who may still be suffering, which makes Brainwash Coffee a no-brainer. My personal favorite is Ego Ain't Your Amigo, a nice blend of Ethiopian and Guatemalan bean with a hint of citrus, dried fruit, and caramel flavor makes it a delicious blend for any time of day. Right now, you can go to brainwashedcoffeeco.com and use promo code OTHERSIDE for 20% off your coffee purchase. Brainwashed Coffee, clean your bean. We at the Other Side of Hell podcast are not therapists, doctors, or counselors. We're just two guys who have been through hell and come out the other side. Please be aware, we may talk about drinking and drugging in detail. Anyone struggling with addiction may find this triggering. Our goal is to share our stories, explore our struggles, and connect with others through our experience. Remember, we are not alone. There is hope, and together we can get better. What's up, world? I'm Willie. And I'm Cameron. And this is our guest host, Cole. Hello. What's up, Cole? What's up? Welcome to the Other Side of Hell podcast. Cole, it's good to have you back, my friend. Yes. It's good to be back. Yeah. I was excited. Cole, Cole has a lot of wisdom. No. Yeah. I really appreciate everything that he has to say and share, and so I'm glad when he gets to be a part of our show. Let me just, let me just blast this out right off the bat. Eight years sober today. Oh, Cole. yeah. Eight yep. years sober today. 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 That's day. what's up. To That's amazing, day. dude. Congratulations. To the day. Thank you. So it's it's awesome that we got you here today. We didn't even plan it. It must have been a universal thing. Yeah. People it was, call it a god shot. We were gonna do this a few weeks ago. Yeah. And then it just ended up being on this day. So yeah. I thought it's nice. Who, who better to spend my birthday with? Right. Uh, right. Because you're you're a great example of, of a person that like I hear you share in meetings and, and I always love when you share because you're so on point with the, the delivery of your message, you know? And so today we're going to be talking about justification and I doubt you know anything about that. And we got that from our war story, Chris's war story, who was really good. You know? Oh, it was great. It was yeah. Awesome. yeah. And I identified with so much of it, especially just how much he, he was justified in all of his negative behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that was just so much a part of my mode of operation was every, everything was if you felt how I feel you would do the things that I do right and that was just a part of my makeup for sure and, and inadvertently right it's not like you ran around meaning to be justified and shit no just, it wasn't just conscious. the way you thought yeah it was just it just came with the territory mm-hmm. you know it's hard to know it's a chicken and egg thing I don't know if it if if it led to the addiction or if the addiction led to it but either way the two go hand in hand yeah that's what I think was interesting is most of the time we don't, we don't wake up in the morning and say, okay, what am I going to justify today? Right. 
you know. I, I didn't, but a whole bunch of stuff would come up in my head, and the justifications would just start rolling, and then I would feel good about the decisions that I was making. <laughs> yeah, I earned you know? it. I yeah, I earned it. it. I deserved it. But it wasn't this, like, I'm going to justify things today. It was just who I was at that moment, at that time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I really like what you said there. Like, I would feel good about the decisions that I made that day because that's, that's, I mean, that's what it was all about. Like, that's why I needed to justify everything is because I knew I was doing very shitty things, but I needed to feel good about it somehow. And so the way for me to do that was through justification. Mm-hmm. Well, once you start diving into, like, all the ways that you were justifying your behavior, so you start to... You start a path down recovery and you start to learn about justification and what it is. And then you start to learn all the things that you were justifying. It's like, it's ev- it was everything mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I justified everything from behaviors to decisions to who I hung out with to whatever it was. But it's a little overwhelming to go back and be like, my whole life, every second was one big justification. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and to get, have that realization was kind of, that was kind of a shitty realization, <laughs> to be honest, you know? I'm all I fucked mean, up. Yeah, that wasn't a great day, you know? I'm all fucked up. Yeah, well, it, it, it reminds me of something that you shared last time you were on. Like, you know, the disease, every, everything that I do throughout my day when I'm, when I'm living in the disease is to get that next drink, mm-hmm. you know, like, like everything, like everything throughout my day is the setup to, to justify my next drink. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like, it's kind of like that, just that, the setup game of what, what can I find and blame shit on so that I can get to the point where I'm absolutely okay. Like you were saying, like, I'm okay with the negative decision that I'm getting ready to make. Yeah. You know? But it's not, it's, it's like I said, it's not this conscious decision. It's not. I wasn't running around going, okay, I'm looking for reasons to justify my drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to make sure that my wife pisses me off and that I get pulled over by the cops and that my bills aren't being paid and that my job today is hard and that, uh, you know, I get in a fight with somebody and, and the person in front of me, you know, on the way to work is driving slow. And it's not like I'm setting all those things up consciously. All those things are happening and they happen when I'm not in the disease. I just handle them a lot differently now. Right. You know, but that's okay, what so ended how up do happening. You, how do you handle them differently then? Well, I don't drink over them. Right. That's number one. <laughs> yeah. But well, yeah. I like what you said. What right now was where does the blame, the word blame, when we're justifying, we're we're placing the blame on everything else or everybody else besides ourselves. Right. Right. So now in recovery, that blame now goes where? Right. Mostly to me. Yeah. Falls all, all to me. you. All yeah. to me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's, so it's a battle, the justification in recovery. We, instead of blaming things uh, or other people or situations, we accept responsibility. Yeah, we don't we transfer that responsibility to other people. Yeah. And then a lot of the justification that we are unconsciously doing kind of goes away at that yeah. point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that's why it's so important to, for me, it was so important to have a sponsor, dude. Like, yeah. like I can, I couldn't figure this shit out on my own. Like I, I couldn't, I didn't even see it. I needed somebody that was sarcastic and 
that fucking knew the mind of an alcoholic like he did. And so that he could be like, yeah, you know, I'd be running through and, and give him perfect examples of why I deserved whatever negative shit I deserved. And he'd be like, you know, he could, he could get through to me and be like, yeah, well, what's your part? Oh man. And I'd be like, well, uh, I don't have a part. And he's like, yeah, you didn't decide to go to the bar that night. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, I did. He goes, okay, so you didn't decide to drink that night? Well, yeah, you didn't decide to walk away from that fight? I go, well, yeah, but... Yeah, but... Yeah, yeah but, but I... The, the fucking... The, if the this guy wouldn't said, happen... Yeah, the, the cops showed up, and they were doing their job, and I was being an <laughs> asshole, and I was fucking drunk, and, you know, when I, when, when I lay out what really happened in real time, as far as the facts go... You know, I then all of a sudden I sound like a fucking idiot, and I'm all of a sudden not justified in getting in a fight with a cop when I was drunk, carrying drugs, and going to jail. <laughs> like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, uh, yeah. But we 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 get to a place in sobriety through doing the work that we're we're able to, you know, look at our part. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't come overnight. No, I hated that question. The in early sobriety. Well, what was your part? <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I was the the worst. Well, that was because it took a lot of investigation, especially early on, to figure out, like, okay, well, like, what what was my part? Like, first of all, I had to to come to the conclusion that I did have a part in things. Right. I mean, and this this part was huge for me, like, life-changing. Like, the idea that I actually am responsible for (laughs) some of these things that are happening to me, you know? Yeah. And, like, once I could sort of except like okay like maybe maybe some of this i brought on myself maybe i have a part in some of this maybe. you know maybe so like once i could entertain the idea that yeah i probably do have a part then sometimes it really did take a, a lot of investigating like okay well what was my part because i was just so far removed from that being even an idea or a thought that that you know i did have a part to play then it became okay. So what is my my part in that? And so it took a lot of work sometimes to really figure that out. But once I could narrow it down, and I could sort of, you know, pin that as as my responsibility, then it was much easier for me to go. Okay, like, turns out I'm not a victim. Right. Turns out like I did have a part, and it turns out that like I have you know the power, so to speak, to, to own that behavior in a way that will keep me hopefully from continuing to, to do more of it. Mm -hmm. And so like that part was huge for me, but it didn't come without, you know, work and investigating and really looking at those character defects that were associated to all of those negative behaviors. Like, well, it turns out I'm a bit of an asshole. And so you know, this made me insecure, and so I reacted in this way, and that was my part, you know. Um, Yeah, I mean, just this this concept alone, like, that part of, like, owning your part in in each thing was just huge for me in my recovery. Right, right. So, Cole, in, in early sobriety, you know, as we talk about this stuff, even, even in, in your addiction, like, like, what what comes to mind? Like, what was something that you that you fucking absolutely in the time? Like, when you were in active addiction, what was something that you absolutely had justification of that turned out you didn't actually have any justification in that? 
Like, mm, you got yeah. a good example of, of something in that area. I was like, which one? <laughs> I mean, really, it's actually hard to think about examples when it was, it literally was your whole, was, was my whole life. Everything it was, was mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll use my wife for example though. Okay. Um, you know, I felt like she was overbearing and was, you know, wouldn't let me be who I wanted to be and, and live my life and make my own decisions. And, and I felt like, um, you know, she was always on my case about things and all this stuff, which she was, (laughs) um, little did I know probably justified in it. I was going to say little (laughs) did I know, um, she had to be. Yeah. If she wasn't, our bills wouldn't get paid. Our daughter wouldn't have been taken care of. Our, right. We would have lost a house. You know, I wanted a pat on the back if I took the garbage out. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, I took the garbage out. Like, you didn't even have to ask me. <laughs> As an adult? I, I Hello? Did, yeah. I mean. Can I get a thank you? Yeah, do I get anything for that? Like, but, uh, you know, I, I wanted that. And then, yeah, I didn't realize she was acting in a way I, I, she had to act that way in order to progress our family forward. Mm. And, uh, I would use her, I would use those behaviors that she had to have. Really. I would use those behaviors to be like, you know what? I'm done. I'm going to, I need to leave. I need to go do something. Yeah. And I would go drink. I need, I need to drink. I need some. Yeah. I deserve, I deserve a little bit of relaxation because I'm tired of being hounded about all this kind of right. stuff. You know, so I think that's probably one of the bigger ones. Avoiding responsibility and now all of a sudden I'm justified in negative behavior. Yeah. And it's funny that people react to our behavior and we don't like the way that they're reacting and we feel like it's their fault. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And that's with anybody. That's with the job. That's with spouses. That's with kids. That's with any sort of relationship that you have. You know, uh, I, I always say that, you know, as, as an addict, yes, it's a disease that I have and, and I, but I also infect other people. Mm-hmm. They might not be addicts, but they, because of my behaviors, they now act a certain way. Right. right. Yep. And they may not know that they're acting that way. You know, that's why uh, a lot of people who are around addicts should learn and, and to see what behaviors they're being they're having to have in order to deal with the addict in their life, mm-hmm. you know, but I act a certain way. Somebody reacts to that. I find myself justified in going and doing whatever I want because I don't like the reaction that I'm getting. Right. Which is sick and makes no sense. No, no I can really, <coughs> I, I totally get that. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of like something that Chris was talking about in his story. Like, yeah. like, you know, I, I went to work and I did, you know, I did all these responsibilities and the house is still here and, you know, you're on my case and, and, you know, I des- I deserve, I deserve, I deserve, you know, and I can relate with, with some of what you're saying. Like for me, sexual relations were a big part of my life. Right. And, and I would go through and I would have a relationship supposedly, uh, you know, it was supposed to be monogamous and, and. Like I wouldn't open up to that other person honestly about 
how I was feeling, what I was thinking, what I was doing, everything. I was lying about everything anyway. Mm -hmm. And then when their reaction to me sexually wasn't met without me explaining anything in it, right? All of a sudden now you're not giving me what I need. You're not giving me the attention that I need. You're not available for me, you know? And then rather than being honest about what's going on inside of my head with that other person, I would go out and I would cheat on that person with somebody else and mm. I would be justified because you're not there for me. You're not giving mm -hmm. me And they don't know how to fucking be there because I'm not being honest with yeah. them, yeah. you know? And I'm not being honest because I don't know how to be honest. Plus, ultimately, it's like all I want to do is get fucking high anyway, you know? And I think that I need these other things in my life for whatever, like, society purpose or whatever. I don't know. Like... Like, I felt like I had to keep up this facade of, like, needing other people in my life and needing these other things, like needing relationships with my parents, when ultimately the disease had me in a position where all I really wanted to do was be alone and use anyway. Right. Yeah. And so the separation, the, the ism that comes along with the alcohol and drug addiction was I'm addicted to this chemical because of the way that it makes me feel. The way that it makes me feel is so powerful and elusive that I'm willing to give up everything in my life for it, but I don't know how to give up everything in my life for it. So I just keep the people around me just sick enough to keep me in, in keep me in their lives long enough for me to destroy theirs. Mm. You know, it's like such a fucked up pattern, mm -hmm. you know, however, I'm justified in going out and harming myself and you emotionally because you're not living up to my expectation that you don't even fucking know anything right. about. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. Not. Well, and it's funny because like, <laughs> as you're talking, like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, these character defects and like honesty, right? Like being dishonest. Like I, if I can't be honest and then, then I'm not even giving the people around me like a fighting chance. Like yeah. how can they be what I need if I'm not even opening up to them and letting them know like what it is I need, you know? Right. But another thing for me, like, one of the one of the biggest things that I I justified was you know using pills, and and I did that through like back pain, right? Like sure. Oh, I have I have like listen again, and it comes back to like self pity. Like it's all self pity. Like um, if you if you had the pain that I have, you would take these pills. Mm -hmm. you, you understand? Like I need these. Like and and it wasn't until like I I was able to get down the road a ways where I realized and and here's the here's the trippy thing is like there was pain like there there's pain today like there is yeah. still pain you know what I mean um but it wasn't until like I got down the road a ways that I was able to sort of look back at that situation and say you know was I really in pain like what yeah. I mean was I really like yeah. or was my mind like manufacturing pain in order to justify me using the drug and it and it's crazy to me, and I I think it just speaks to the cunning, baffling, and powerful nature of this disease. The fact that like my mind will manufacture something. Like if I can't find anything to to, <laughs> to justify the next yeah. drug or drink, yeah. like I'll manufacture something. Like whether it's pain, whether it's you know harm coming from another individual, whether it's um, you know, somebody else's thoughts or actions like, oh, I've got a drink because that person, you know, is over there fucking hating me or that person is over there thinking that I did a bad job or, you know, like I'm thinking for somebody else and me 
having those thoughts for that other person is justifying the next drink. Like it just, it's, it's crazy to me, just the mind of an alcoholic, the mind of an addict and what it will do and what it will manufacture in order to justify me changing the way I feel by putting that substance into my body. Very yeah. well put. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> very well put. Well, I mean, that's being, it's funny. You talk about pain, like, Everything in sobriety, like, or uh, not sobriety, everything in active addiction was the most painful thing ever, was the worst thing ever, that could ever happen to me. Right. Was like, I've never felt pain in sobriety like I felt pain in addiction. Mm-hmm. Now, like, something hurts, and it's like, eh, that kind of hurts. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? Stubbed my toe. Yeah. I was like, oh, man, that's. Well, and emotionally, yeah, but, too. Like, yeah. every breakup was like f- yep. 10 times as dramatic. Times as worse. Like, or every fight with a friend was just like, fuck, we're not friends now. It's the worst thing. I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, like I can't even talk to another person today because I had this fight with my friend. So everyone needs to just kind of back off. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm justified in how I feel right now. So, yeah, but everything, everything was to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, pain, relationship, drama, you know, anything. Any situation was just amplified to the extreme. Now... It's like, yeah, that kind of sucks, but it's not like the end of the world, you yeah. know? But everything felt like the end of the world, to me anyways. Yeah. No, it's funny that you say that because, like, I I usually, like, today I'm usually pretty good at, like, looking at something. And, like, when something quote-unquote bad happens or, or whatever the case is, like, I'm usually, I'm usually able to get to a place where I look at that and go, well, it's not going to fucking kill me. Yeah. Right? Like, it's not going to kill me. But everything... Like you're talking about, like everything when I was drinking and using, like, was gonna fucking kill me. Yeah. Like I thought for sure, like I'll, I'm gonna die if I don't fucking, you know, like have this relationship, or I'm gonna die without this, you know, fucking next drink or whatever it was, you know, like everything was gonna kill me, and and so I needed to drink to forget about it. Yeah, yeah, and, and I can relate. I mean. So, I, I, you know, and like I didn't realize that I was doing all that stuff and it took other people around me. Like, I'm so mm-hmm. grateful. I'm so grateful that I found a recovery movement because, you know, what comes to mind is, is sitting around in a whole bunch of emotional and spiritual pain going, OK, something needs to change. I don't know what it is. I was willing to ask for help. And I and, and I'd been around the recovery movement, going to meetings and stuff like that. Right. But I needed I needed other people, and and there's one story that I remember, and it, and it you know, you know Ron, yeah, but, love Ron, and you know I hear other alcoholics taking responsibility for their lives, right? Because that was a big part of the justification was I just didn't want to take responsibility for anything. I didn't want, no. yeah. I didn't want it to be my fault, right? It was whenever anything was my fault, it made me feel bad. Yeah. You know, yeah, so, I don't like so, the way that feels. So I didn't want, I didn't, I, I already emotionally felt bad about myself anyway. You know, it affected my self-esteem, but then I couple this, you know, negative behavior and these actions and all these things hurting people and, and, and all that. I didn't want to take responsibility for it, but he was telling a story about getting pulled over by a cop mm-hmm. and he was speeding. Right. And I heard, I, I heard this same kind of theme throughout uh, people with sobriety who learn to take responsibility for themselves. And he was speeding and the cops said, you, you know, do you, uh, you know how fast you were going? He's like, yeah. 
I was going a little fast. He goes, why were you going so fast? And he told the cop, he's like, yeah, fuck. I, I can't come up with one single lie. <laughs> Not <laughs> I one. I can't think of one good lie to one tell One good you. lie to tell yeah. you right now. And that's a person that's, you know, he fucking took responsibility for the mistake that he made, right? And so that's that's a difficult thing for some of us, especially in early sobriety. And so working the steps and, and coming through this stuff, you know, having a program, having the ability to, to get with somebody and then show me how this stuff is done is huge, right? Like mm-hmm. it's so big to, to be able to get on the other side of it to do like what you're saying is take ultimate responsibility so that the justification is no longer necessary because all the blame falls on me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I wish knowing that was enough, you know, like that's <laughs> the thing. knowing and practicing are two different, yeah. are two different things. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's the truth. That's where, I mean, Chris talks about it. Like that's where doing the work, mm-hmm. you know, comes in, like you said, talking to a sponsor, getting, because I, I couldn't see it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. People it, would come into it. Oh, you should do this and this and this. And I'd be like, why, how is that going to keep me sober? Yeah. It doesn't and make why sense. Why does it matter? Yeah. That's you don't understand my problem. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, you, you don't understand you don't the full scope it. of what I'm dealing with. <laughs> yeah, See, I I had an intake interview with the treatment center that me and Cam went to, mm-hmm. and uh, I laid out my whole story to this guy. Just <laughs> laid it out. He just sat there like, yeah, and. Oh yeah, I mean, you, I, felt, I, you felt super unique. Oh, right? I did. Oh, I sure. it was like an hour and a half. I can't believe you let me talk that long. Like <laughs> it was like an hour and a half of just of just me spilling just everything onto this guy, puking all over, and, and it was yeah. all justification. Everything. Pro- was oh dead. yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I had to make sure he knew the whole story. <laughs> right. of, and how of, it wasn't your was fault. On. Yeah, yeah. Of what was going on with me, you know? And uh, he goes. Well, all that tends to get better when you stop drinking and using. <laughs> and I looked at him like, "What? That's all you have to say? Are you like you're 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 a, a professional and that's all you got?" And he goes, "Yeah, you you I think you need to be here." I was like, "Oh, okay." Isn't it Are funny? You sure like all those other people need to come with me too? Like all I mean, we all need to sit down and yeah. discuss Cole's life, you know? Yeah, but and what, all he what had, about my mom dude, and I my was, wife? Yeah, I was so pissed that all he had to say was, Yeah, all that tends to get better. I was like Isn't it is funny it? that like Oh man, you, I wanted I, to you, kill him. You thought for sure that dude was gonna be like, Well, I guess I can totally see why you're drinking. Yeah, Let one me, yeah, one hundred I, I thought so. I thought he was gonna be like, Yeah, well, you know, we got some really good things we, we can work with. You There's know some beds. Yeah, start with we some uh I think we're gonna need about five or six 12 hour one-on-one sessions with you <laughs> to kind of just even get you to a point where you may be able to be okay. You know, cause that's how I felt. Right. Yeah. You know, I felt like the world needed to change for Cole mm-hmm. because I felt so terrible <laughs> and all he had to say. And I, and I love the guy. I mean, I got to know him really well and he was dead. Right. You know, yeah. but I was fuming <clears throat> when he just, I was like, yeah, it's, <laughs> things tend to get better when you don't drink and use. I was like, yeah, I'll never forget. I'll never forget him saying that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to rip his throat out. Well, these are the stories that we had to tell ourselves. These are, these are yeah. the, like, there was no way for us to, to keep 
drinking and feel okay about it unless we had all these stories that we were telling ourselves. Like in my case, like I, you know, I had lost a loved one and, and I went through this really weird breakup and, and, uh, and I had this back pain, right? Like these are the reasons, like I had to have these, these, these reasons, like this, like these reasons are why I'm stealing from loved ones. They're why I'm not showing up and I'm not being a part of, of um, life with mm-hmm. with the the relationships al- around me, they're why I'm you know not going to work. They're why I'm not paying bills. Like these are the like I have to have these. I can't give these up. Yeah. Like what am I going to do if I don't have these? Then why am I doing all that stuff? Mm-hmm. So it was like those justifications. I I could not let them go. But you're absolutely right. When I would share them with other people, you know, they'd be like, so what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's like, so what, dude? Like, it's not a reason to drink. So then there comes the point where it's where you can't even believe your own justifications. Mm. And to me, that was that was something that kind of blew my mind a little bit, because I did get to a point where I was like every story that I would say in my own head, everything that would come up was I knew was was bullshit. Yeah, bullshit. And and that's a that's an interesting place to be in, because then. It, then I didn't have any answers to the questions that people were asking. Why do you do this? Why do you do that? And the only honest answer I could come up with was, I have no idea. Yep. I don't know. And when an addict or an alcoholic finally tells you that they don't know, for me, that's, I, I love, now I'm a, let's say a normal, whatever, you know, somebody else hears that, they're like, what do you mean you don't know? Mm. But for me, I look at that as a huge step in the right direction. Huge step. Because they're finally getting honest with themselves. Right. right. It's no longer it's yeah. no longer your mom's fault, your exactly. wife's fault, right. the president's fault. Mm-hmm. It's not the way you were raised or the school you went to. It's not your neighborhood or your race. Like all of a sudden, it's like fuck. If it's none of those things, what is it? Yeah. Yeah. Why do I do the things that I? And do? we get curious, right? Like, mm-hmm. like fuck. Why? Why do I keep relapsing? Why do I keep going out when I get go to jail? And I promise myself I'm not going to drink. And, and I drink the minute I get out of jail or, or whatever. Like, why the fuck am I doing this stuff? If it's none of them, what is it? Mm-hmm. You're right. Like, it's a huge, it's a huge spot. Yeah. You know, that's the be- I think that's the beginning. Yeah. Yep. It was for me. I, I didn't speak no, for absolutely. other people. But when, when I couldn't blame my crazy on anybody else, that just meant, meant that I was crazy. <laughs> You know what I mean? When I couldn't when I couldn't say that it was because of this trauma or that or because when I couldn't do that anymore to myself because that's mm-hmm. the first person you have to justify to right right yep. you can't I, you don't start justifying to people outside you justify to yourself first and then then you go to other people but when you cannot convince yourself uh, that you are falling in line or you're acting in a way that's appropriate with. Um, the inf- you know the the situations that you're in when you cannot convince yourself anymore you're in a, you're in a weird spot yeah and it's a good spot it's yeah. an uncomfortable weird really good spot but from there you can now go places because you'll listen you'll listen to people i finally listened opened up and was like fine i'll get a sponsor mhm I'll have somebody else tell me what to do because I don't know what to yeah, do anymore. Because I just don't know. I can't. I can't believe my own justification. So I don't know. Yeah, but that and it's funny because I'm thinking about early sobriety now, and and I went okay. 
I was no longer justified to, to drink, right? Like, like I can't use and drink anymore. I'm not justified in any of that stuff, but you know, I don't have enough time to read the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It just fucking like, like, and it's such a, it's such a process to, to get to the point of responsibility, ultimate responsibility for your life. Right. Like, you know, because if I, if I want to get well, then I have to do the work. Yeah. You know, and that's something that, that's something that Chris talks about in his story. And it's something that we all talk about all the time is, you know, if you want to be sober, you got to do the work to be sober. You don't get to justify not doing the work, right? You don't get it. If you want to be happy, you got to do the work to be happy. You know, mm-hmm. it's all, it's all kind of encompassing that same thing, but fuck, it was, it was tough doing yeah. the work in the beginning. It was hard to sit down with a pen and paper. Like I've seen it time and time again, you know, people like fucking revved up to do the steps. Mm-hmm. Somehow talk themselves out of it. Little, they got family and kids and sobriety. I'm staying sober. I don't have time to fucking. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, because the the justification doesn't end just because you know our, our our we're no longer drinking. Like that's a that's a habit that sticks with us. But I really appreciate you know. Cole talking about what it was like when we just stopped believing our own bullshit because I feel like that's that's the starting point and it can follow us into the other stuff. You yeah, know? Like, and it does. Yeah, and like and it's just like you said, you know, we had a sponsor who was lucky or, you know, or a counselor or whatever the case is, right, in early sobriety, we had somebody that could that, that could look at our justifications and, and call us on on that. And as we go through the steps or whatever the case is we also have that person to be accountable to and that person will also call us on our bullshit in other ways and like well weren't you supposed to do this yeah but i you know i had you know this and this come up well that that doesn't sound like a very good reason to me you know it's like oh fuck like i'm still gonna get called on my bullshit (laughs) even though i'm not drinking you know like but i need that like i need that i need somebody to call me on my bullshit from time to time because I will justify that negative behavior. I'll start believing all that negative shit, you know, and I'll put the blame out there instead of, you know, taking it myself. But it is different. Like it is different now, like, because I have had, you know, certain things happen where, where somebody will say, why, why did you do that? And instead of rattling off the thousands of reasons that I would have come up with before, I'll say things like, well, because I'm selfish, you know, and like, just take ownership of it, like immediately. Well, it's because I'm insecure and, and I, I thought this when I should have thought that, you know, and, uh, and that's a weird, it's a weird place to be, but I'd rather take it inward and, and, you know, and really investigate what's happening with me in that instance, than put it on some other outside issue that's going to justify that negative behavior. But the one thing though, too, is, is when you say stuff like that, it's not, you're not saying that in a negative light. Yeah. This isn't right. like beat up on cam day, you know, mm-hmm. where it's like you're sitting there beating up on yourself mm-hmm. either. I mean, taking responsibility for your actions is not, uh, is not beating yourself up and it, and and having all these negative thoughts about yourself because that can be detrimental too. Yeah, yeah. That's I appreciate not, you saying that's that. not taking responsibility. Mm-hmm. That's self pity. That's mm-hmm. actually another form of justification. Right. Right. So yeah. 
It's looking at facts. Facts don't care how you feel about facts. Them. Yeah. They really don't. The sky is blue. It doesn't care if you think it's red or feel like it's red. It doesn't <laughs> care. Mm-hmm. It's blue. Yeah. If I did something and uh, there was a bad negative consequence from that, I need to acknowledge that that was a negative. I'm not a terrible person because of that. Mm-hmm. But it is mm-hmm. something that I need to take responsibility for and right any wrong that was done, if I can, or if I can control it, and then move forward. Mm-hmm. If you're feeling like by taking responsibility, you're going backwards in yeah. your self-talk and how you view yourself, and if you, then, then you need to talk to somebody because you, you're not doing it right. You're not doing it right, yeah. You know, you're not... The biggest thing about all of this is processing information in a way that is that is uh, that has healthier outcomes. Right. I like that. Okay. We will always feel anger. We will always feel resentments. We will always not feel great about ourselves in some way or another. We will always have problems, minor problems in relationships because I mean, two people trying to live together. That I mean, I don't care who you are. There's a recipe for disaster at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to have some issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just are. But it's not about never having those issues. It's not about never screwing up. It's not about never um, uh, feeling angry and upset and emotional. It's not about shutting your emotions off. It's about processing the emotions with a healthier outcome. I get angry all the time. I get resentments. Chris talks about resentments. I get them all the time. The difference is, is now I have a way to work through them and process them and then leave them. Before, the leave part never happened. Yeah. They stayed, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think, you know, when you're trying to get that, like you're trying to say take responsibility, it's not beat yourself up time. Yeah. It's process the situation and leave it behind. It, I, that's in my opinion. No, but I'm, that's, I, I agree. You know I'm I mean? really glad you said that because I do have a probably pretty unhealthy habit sometimes of, of taking too much of that on and, and kicking it around and kicking the shit out of myself for it. Um, yeah. you know, which again is another way to, to justify negative self behavior. And, and so I appreciate you saying that cause I think I needed to hear that. Sweet. Yeah. I think you needed to hear it too. <laughs> Thanks man. <laughs> no, it's all progress, right? right. Like, like that's that's what's so awesome about this whole thing, man. As long as long as you're not moving backwards, you're moving forward, and and we learn as we go. Right. You know, you know, some of the things that worked for us early on don't work anymore, and some of the things that are working now won't work in the future, because we give up these things as we're able. You know, as long as we're willing, we give it up as we're able, and and more will always be revealed, and that's what's so great about this process. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that it's that it's limited to sobriety. You know, I think that's life in general that, that, you know, as, as we grow and learn and try and, and experiment with life and, and relationships and do all these things that, that we do in, in everyday living, more is always revealed more mm-hmm. about ourselves, more yeah. about other people, more that we're able to handle all those kind of things. And so, you know, it's, it's okay to justify good behavior. You know, it's okay to justify, you know, taking, the time to get to know yourself and, and work on yourself and do better and talk and, and figure these things out, you know, put pen to paper. It's so it's okay to, to have self care and, and, and all that stuff, you know, like it's important if, 
if you be like I be, you know, being the highest version of yourself is, is a very important part of your life and it takes work, right? It takes time and, and we have to manage our schedules and everybody has a life. Everybody has shit going on and it's real easy to get lost in the minutia of, of responsibility and forget that I have the disease of alcoholism, which is batted against me 24 mm-hmm. seven, you know, and, and find myself balls deep in negative behavior justified because my life has become so busy because of sobriety. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we well, thought we were busy before, didn't we? Well, I mean, I mean we had a lot we going on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I was busy getting high now yeah. I'm busy, you know, like I, I was thinking about that the other day, just like how, how much that was my hobby. Like that, if I wasn't like working, I was actively seeking or trying to get or actively using um, you know, drugs and alcohol. And like, it, it took up so much of my time that I really appreciate what you say is because now, like I've been given so much in sobriety that it's easy for me to, to turn that into a negative. Like I can easily say, man, like I've got such a great job that I'm working so much, you know, that I feel like I, I deserve a drink. You know what I mean? Like I can see that happening and, and I've seen it happen to, to people around us and we all have where, you know, like they forget the gifts that they're, that they've been given and start resenting those to the point where they begin to justify a drink or a drug. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, before you know it, you're, you're back in the shit. <laughs> yeah. Fuck all that. Yeah. Not today. Not today for me either, man. Yeah, for sure. I like it, man. You know, and, and again, we got this topic from Chris's story, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, great story. It was, it was so nice to talk to him. He, uh, I, was, I was on a live with, with Ian uh, from Sober Contracts, and, and he saw it, and then we started talking and got his story. And so um, you guys heard his story. What did you think? Dude, it was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was incredible. Like, he, uh, he I really liked how he talked about, you know, his childhood and how it progressed into uh, adulthood and, and just the whole time, the whole time, like throughout his whole story, he just kept saying, he kept, he kept justifying everything. Like he would make it a point to point that out. Like, no, like I'm not going to do this. I'm going to do this. Like, and, and, and which is where we got the topic, right. Um, is because he, he could clearly see how how his thinking was wrong in all these situations now that he's where he's at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was fascinating to me to see um, evidence of the work that he has done. And I really appreciated his perspective and his story and, and the way that he told it. And I found myself laughing out loud a couple of different times yeah. with his story. Yeah, it was really good, you know. And, and again, we appreciate it, so... Yeah, I think I'm, I'm excited for all you guys to hear it right now. I yeah, think it'll be, uh, he can tell it better than any of us. Obviously. So uh, <laughs> without further ado, here is Chris's war story. Aloha, mahalo to you, Will, um, and to the other side of hell for allowing me to enjoy this platform, speak all my shit. So, um, hi, my name is Chris. I'm an alcoholic addict. Um, Coming to you from the fucking awesome state of Hawaii. Um, due to the fellowship 
um, a 12-step program that I keep on working. Um, awesome platforms like this. Funny to say, Instagram and other ways. Um, I have some awesome ass sobriety dates. My sobriety date is uh, November 29, 2019, and uh, I'm here. Aloha, motherfuckers. Um, okay, so, you know, um, how it was, was uh, I was a resentful-ass kid with a whole bunch of isms, you know? Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, um, and it was, I was a, came from a, a kind of a background of alcoholism. My mom, her father died of alcoholism. Not, he didn't die of alcoholism, he died of the the world of it, you know, he was murdered. Um, and my father um, is alcoholic. Um, so I didn't fall far from the three, you know what I mean? Um, I fell right there and kind of started rooting right in. So um, I kind of just grew up that way. Uh, my mom did her best, honestly. She's a fucking awesome, educated black woman that freaking did her best for me. And I grew up in a very, you know, semi-healthy household. You know, um, I do have some trauma that, you know, kind of shaped and formed me as I grew. Um, and that's some layers and shit that I soon found out later. But uh, yeah, man, um, me, I was kind of resentful towards a lot of things in life. Um, I always felt, why not me? How come this? Why's the world against me? Me against the world. Crybaby person who always had problems and issues, but never found a solution. And uh, I kind of carried that with me throughout life. Um, me, um, you know, growing up in California, I was always looking for, you know, what was it, what was cool, who was hit. You know, I played football as a young kid. So that's the environment I was around. A lot of sports activities. Uh, those are my mentors, my coaches, my, 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 my friends, my, my other folks who I played with. Um, uh, that's what I did, you know, um, I love that. I love that community. I felt a sense of purpose. I had purpose in there. And um, that, it touched me places. You know, football was that thing that I enjoyed. I played, I did. Um, and that created this place of, I just said it, of acceptance. Um, and I experimented a little bit. I was in like middle school, whatever. I was like my first time drinking, you know, me and my buddies would like pour up, make some weird ass jungle juice. That's when it was all fun and games. You know what I mean? I was in middle school. You just drink, sneak shit from the cupboard, you know, that kind of shit. I didn't really have an issue then. Um, I always had these isms, you know what I mean? I was always a person of more, you know, when the team mom came by, I was grabbing a handful of oranges and stuffing more. Um, when she came around with Gatorade, give me two of them. I'm tanking it. You know, energy drinks came out. I want three of them. Bam. You know, I was always this person of more, more, more. Give me more. Uh, and that kind of shit is <laughs> the kind of carnage and wreckage I kind of kept doing. It was like a pattern of my mind. Um, in what? Ninth grade, um, my mom my stepdad and I and my sister, we um, we left Los Angeles and moved to Hawaii. Um, and there was like, a, I was kind of angry. Why did this have to happen? I left all my friends behind. You know, I, oh, it's a different football team. These guys don't know me. You know, there's always this reason why. Instead of accepting and rolling with the punches and, you know, 
um, understanding my mom's doing the best she can. She, she, you know, new job, new opportunity. Who the fuck complains about moving to Hawaii? You know what I mean? Um, a spoiled ass little teenager. So I came there and I just, again, I had to find my place. Football was that place. As I played, I met other people. I got freaking connected with the local boys. Um, and me, you know, you can't take it away. Black as they come and <laughs> that's it. But finding community, finding place was always an issue for me. I always felt like I had to be accepted in something. So when I came here, you know, I tried to do what the cool shit was. I hung out with the local boys. I did what we do. You know, I hung out with the football guys um, and I got accepted. I was known, I was funny, you know. Um, it's a good ass football player. And this is where I also got introduced to other shit. You know, what else do people like? Oh, y'all like to smoke buds? Uh, that wasn't really my thing. But then I started smoking weed, you know. Um, with that, I fucking started hanging out after the games. My first time getting drunk was my sophomore year. Um, we were out celebrating for the homie's birthday. And my friends picked me up like at eight o'clock. I got drunk within like an hour and they dropped me off like at 9 30, 10 o'clock at my, you know, boom, knocking on my, knocking on my door and just dropped me right there. And first thing I could come up with was I was food poisoned. And as soon as I fucking hit the ground, I fucking threw up everywhere, got grounded. My mom suspended me from the football team. And from there, I should have been like, oh, this is a sign. I got some fucking. <laughs> There's something, there's something happening. I don't know, when you're young, you don't really think of this shit like that. So um, that shit continued. Um, I started being sneaky, you know, now I'm about to start drinking where my mom doesn't know. Um, I'm drinking more in high school. I fucking fell into this whole lifestyle like, but you know, people like when I'm drunk, you know? I felt like fucking Superman. I'm doing backflips off of shit, stealing stuff from stores. You know, um, it was cool. And the funny thing is I was the one who was able to tap shoulder for the older guys. So sophomore, bringing the booze to the fucking senior party. You know what I mean? That was me. Everybody, hey, Dick, go get, go get some booze and shit. There's a story that didn't even card me. I would go in and I put like eight forties on, on the counter. And I'm like, yeah, this is for me and my friends, you know, like, <laughs> they thought they, they probably didn't care they just sold the shit to me because whatever um but that was acceptance for me i felt this fucking awesome brotherhood friendship I, I, that was me um i also started indulging into other stuff you know i, I started hey what's that y'all doing what, that allows you to drink longer <laughs> hell yeah let me you know, so I started dabbling with other shit. I started smoking weed, dabbling with some coke, dabbled with some ecstasy. Um, by the time my senior year, you know, I played with cocaine, all this shit. I, I was, I was a savvy veteran in you know small party favors. Um, I hid this lifestyle from my mom. She didn't really know. You know, I kind of separated myself. Whatever little trauma I was having at home. I kind of just took it to my friends and party life and that was me. Um, but again, I was a resentful person 
and like had this, you know, me against the world mentality. Um, I've seen friends get scholarships. I've seen friends go off to college. And me, you know, I made first team all state since a junior. How come I'm not getting this recognition? You know, fuck if I got a 1.5 GPA, how come I'm not getting letters from fucking USC and Oregon? You know, so I would kind of just hold that like, oh, well, I guess I'll, I'll figure it out in another way, but whatever. So I went to, uh, I graduated high school, don't know how, but I graduated high school and then I went off to college and, and in college, the same shit followed me. Like, uh, I, I, you know, I partied in there. I had nobody on me. So uh, my neighbor was a fucking dealer. I would just get fucked up all the time, did a whole bunch of coke, a whole bunch of ecstasy, and I drank all the time. You know, my drinking led me to the shit, you know. Um, and there, I, I missed a football game. I remember I had some college scouts come out to a game, um, and I fucking couldn't even make it out to the field. I was so drunk. It was so hot. It's like 110 degree weather. I went to a party the night before, did a whole bunch of drugs, a whole bunch of alcohol. I couldn't even make it out to the game. They had to wheelbarrow me off of the field and leave me in the locker room. My coach threatened to suspend me, let me finish out the season. And there it was when I was like, you know, kind of just contemplating like what the fuck my life was really about, you know? Um, how come nobody accepted me for how I was? <laughs> Fucking evil ass world. Come on, can't you see? I'm a baller. What the fuck? <clears throat> but that shit didn't do nothing. I didn't. I didn't work hard for anything. Um, I kind of just blamed the world. You know, um, my freshman year in college, my wife now at the time was my girlfriend. We got pregnant. Um, so in my mindset, you know, I was like, "Fuck," you know, I'm gonna do what I got to do. Uh, you know. I'm about to get us going to the NFL. That's my next big ticket. That's the next big thing. Let's go to the league. That shit didn't happen. Um, I ended up moving my ass back to Hawaii, <laughs> going to another little junior college, trying to go to school and balance baby. This dream I thought I had um, that I worked so hard for and worked. Um, and I had resentments towards my wife. You know, I'm like, oh, you wanted this baby? Now I gotta fucking work harder to go to the football, to the NFL. You know, I had this mindset that I still can make it. <laughs> but that, that shit, you know what I mean? You look at the statistics on that shit, whatever, it's her fault. But uh, yeah, so I, I carry that. I kind of resented that, you know, you we got this baby, I'ma work, I'ma still go to school, but I'ma figure a way, I'ma go to Canada, I'ma play arena. I'm going to fucking play Madden. Something's going to happen where I can get into the league, you know? So um, when you resent people, you build up this anger in yourself. Resentment is something that is horrible to hold on to. As an alcoholic addict, resentment is like the fucking reason, one key reason to you giving yourself an excuse to be out there and wild out. Um, it's your reason to connect with other people feeling sad who are resentful and you guys go to the bar cheering and saying, fuck everybody else. These drinks are the reasons why, you know, we are 
happier, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. But resentment helped me off, man. Um, you know, I um, didn't attack any of my dreams that I really wanted because I felt, you know, I deserved them. You know, without that work, I would complain about shit with no solution and get mad that nothing was going my way. And the beautiful thing is I had, in this time, I had three kids. I started a business. I had a loving wife who stuck by me, even though I was a fucking druggy alcoholic that she didn't really know. Uh, and it was still everybody else's fault on reasons why I couldn't do what I needed to do. I still put the blame on everybody. I couldn't save fucking 40 bucks, you know, but it wasn't my fault. <laughs> that 40 bucks in my pocket that I barely could keep was not my fault. You know, I had to go buy diapers and I needed a bag of weed. The fuck, I worked so hard. I needed a fucking a gram of Coke tonight, you know? Um, <laughs> that shit led to so much more drama. Um, these resentments made me and my wife, you know, kind of clash heads because she wouldn't let me go into my own bank account and take out 300 bucks. The fuck is your problem? Like, can't you tell I just worked a 12 hour shift and half of that money should be mine to use right now. I'm going to the bar to treat the guys like what the fuck is your problem? You know, <laughs> um, that mentality caused me to cause a lot of havoc in my house. And one thing my wife didn't know was she had a monster sleeping on that couch. You know, I slowly, in this whole process, I slowly started voting him more shit. So I would drink all the time for any occasion, either if it was a parent teacher conference to Floyd Mayweather fighting Pacquiao. I drank, you know, that was me. I also smoked a lot of weed, you know? I thought I was this fake ass Rasta, you know? Rasta man, I had these long ass dreads. I, Fucking, you know, I smoke every occasion, any of the, I, I used to think smoking weed was like emotion. You know, if I can't do, if I'm not high, I can't go do this. You know what I mean? Um, then again, me having this hidden lifestyle, I did a lot of cocaine <laughs> and I figured out different variations of it. <laughs> you can snort it. I realized you can sprinkle it on shit. Hey, you know what? You can fucking mix it with some bacon soda and smoke that shit. Um, so as I progressively got worse, my drug use got worse. As I continued these resentments, my fucking drug usage got worse. I deserve this fucking crack rock because I'm better than cocaine. I'm not going to be high all night because I work tomorrow. And I, I don't know. It was always something different to the reasons why I did my shit, but it was because a deeper inner issue of me not addressing some bullshit, you know, um, of not sitting back wondering why I can't just sit, you know, handle and pay a bill for the IRS. Why are they bothering me? You know, my business is fucking doing all right. I'm helping the community, you know, fuck that. I'm not going to pay my taxes right now. <laughs> the fuck? I'm going to go down like Wesley Snipes. No, 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 I'm just playing. But um, <sighs> I, I got so deep into my drug issue that I was taking money. You know, my wife works her ass off. I worked my ass off. I was working my ass off for my drug usage. Uh, <sighs> I got to a place where, you know, I was, I would grab a grandma coat, 
I would grab like two grams of crack, have an eighth of weed, and that was me. And I thought I was classy because I didn't smoke crack out of a crack pipe. I actually smoked it sprinkled on top of my blunts with my pinky up. So as long as I smoked it like that, I'm not technically a fucking druggie, you know? I'm a recreational crack user. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so that shit right there, that accelerated my down fucking fall. With, with me take, constantly taking money out, constantly fucking up, you know, sleeping in until fucking 12 o'clock, missing jobs, I pushed my family away. Um, I pushed, I scared my wife. My, my mother-in-law has 34 years of sobriety and she's seen me slowly fucking crumbling. And she would always throw these hints, uh, you should go get, seek help. You know, she, she didn't really tell me directly, but she would tell me. <laughs> so fuck that. Don't tell me what to do. I got this. So, you know, I tried yoga. Yoga didn't save me. I stretched my ass right the fuck into a fucking crack rock. Um, I fucking tried crystals, you know, let me pray to these crystals and get this shit and rub it on my skin. This shit may heal me. And the closest rock I got to was a fucking crack rock. <laughs> um, I tried fucking listening. Oh man, I, I remember I called in, I called into a, a, like a sober hotline and I remember I told them, I was like, man, like, I'm, you know, I know I got problems, you know, I just want to be regular. I just want to be regular. He's like, well, when's the last time you used? I was like, last night, actually this morning. I'm not high, high, but I'm a little high. He's like, well, let me tell you this. That's not normal. And I was like, can't fucking tell me how to fucking be normal. I got my shit. I still got a business. I still got a roof over my head. Yes, my rent is back by two months, but she left me. So what the fuck? What, what, what does my landlord expect? Fucking idiot. Like, it was everybody else's problem besides mine. So <laughs> I fucking tried. 2018, I pretended to get sober. You know, I wanted to show my girl, like, okay, you what do you do? What do these hippie motherfuckers do? Okay, I'm gonna go to where these hippie fucking old ass. And with me, I had this this resentment towards you so to sober people. I, I had this mentality that it was um hippie, old white people, kumbaya in a fucking circle, cult-like activity, who don't have fun. I fuck that shit. That is not me. But you want me to do this? Watch me do this. You said I can't do it? Watch me. So like 2018, I pretended to get sober and uh, <laughs> I would let me control this. I'm gonna just drink one beer today. I'm gonna go to this fucking meeting. So I grab a 25 ounce uh, tall boy of Budweiser, um, drink that bitch real fast, go there, sit in the back with a fucking pack of double mint that I'm fucking chewing so you don't smell me. Any person who had years probably knew I was a fucking piece of shit lying, but hey, can't tell me. You know, I'm discreet, I'm exclusive, I'm fucking different. I don't do it like y'all. I'm gonna do it my way. Y'all can be in here hella sober, but I'm just gonna smoke a little bit of weed. I don't smoke crack anymore. You know, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, but uh, I, I I was arrogant. I, I I pretended to have like forty something days, and 
found out some shit, you know, between me and my wife. And then I just fucking went balls out, fucking fuck the world, fuck everybody. I, I, I went so hard. I, I stopped seeing my kids. I stopped paying rent. I barely was doing jobs. I fucking was being so disrespectful with my health, with other people. I was manipulating people. I was fucking a demon. Like, honestly, if you believe in energy and all this kind of shit, I was a ball of dark energy rolling around telling the world that this is y'all fault and y'all can't do shit about it. So, hey, the best place to get sympathy like that, best place to get sympathy like that is at a bar. <laughs> at a bar, you will fucking find a whole bunch of motherfuckers just like yourself. So that's where I seeped out validation and hey, we got drunk together. Um, that, shit didn't, that shit didn't work. Um, I ended up crawling my ass into fucking Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, and when I say crawled, I literally crawled up in there like empty, broke as shit. I was fucking, ugh. I, I got in there. I went to this meeting and it was a whole bunch of black folks. And I'm like, ugh, I'm like, what the fuck? All these weird, ugh, these Ugh, it's so happy in here. Why are you fucking happy? Why is everybody happy in here? Can't you see I just stepped in? Look at me, I'm sad. Somebody hug me. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, that shit was like so therapeutic. I fucking went up, I talked a little bit. I stood up, this is the first time I stood up. I was like, you know, hi, my name's Chris. I'm a fucking alcoholic. Hey, Chris. Oh shit, you know, as soon as they said, hey man, I fucking started crying. I felt this energy. I felt this like wave of energy that fucking just was like so overwhelmingly beautiful. My dude, like going to that meeting changed my life. Like I felt this sense of purpose. I'm not sure if it was like a spiritual awakening. I'm not sure if like, like everything happened to put me there at that time, but whatever happened, happened for a reason. I found my ass enjoying that shit. I came back again. Sunday, I came back again. This time, hey, I'm going to dress a little bit more fly. Came back again. I started hearing all the people speak 20, 10, 30, 40 fucking years of sobriety. All of them. Stories worse than mine. I'm like, oh my God, I sound like a crybaby. This motherfucker was suck a dick for crack. What the fuck? Like, you know, like, I hear all these stories in there and I'm like, oh my God. And fuck all that. Their stories were hitters i can relate somehow some way even though we come from a different background this guy's a fucking hillbilly from fucking kentucky and i can relate to him this guy's a fucking you know super i don't know whatever we're related whatever it was i found that hey we're related and i want what they have so i continue going i got me a sponsor a sponsor is the only person that i've ever took time to listen to he told me one thing, and this one thing always stuck. This motherfucker said, a lot of motherfuckers want to be sober, but don't do the work to be sober. And that shit right there was like, watch me work. I'm about to work this shit, because if it, <laughs> I've worked that motherfucker, you know what I mean? And I still work it. Um, I, I work it every day. I got like 500-something days. 
of sobriety. I don't know when it's going to air, so maybe, you know, I'll have more. But I got a whole bunch of sobriety under me, and I fucking love this shit. Like, I go to step study. I go to, like, all kind of, all different kind of meetings. Um, NA meetings, AA meetings. I constantly work with my sponsor. I went through all 12 of my steps, and guess what? I still fucking work that shit in all my daily affairs. Like, I, I just work it, you know what I mean? Um, I constantly talk to out other people who are struggling and not just with substance abuse and other things in life, man. Like you, you start realizing that, fuck, we're just a whole bunch of individuals walking around with unaddressed trauma. And when you see that, you're like, damn, all oh, y'all motherfuckers need the 12 step. I ain't gonna tell you to, but hey, <laughs> there's a place that y'all can get some help. You just ask me, you know, more of attraction than promotion. You, you got a question, I can tell you what I did. But um, in all honesty, man, sobriety has given me so much. Uh, sobriety and recovery. People can be sober, which is like a mindset, you know, but when you recover, is that awesome shit. You get to see your true self. Um, I didn't know I liked running. I ran 365 miles in the past couple months. I didn't know I like health food. I didn't know. I didn't even know how to spell my son's middle name. I know that sounds horrible, but fuck. <laughs> I learned so much within this sobriety shit about myself, and I'm still learning. Me and my wife's relationship is fucking so bomb right now to where I'm not afraid. You can go on my phone. You ain't going to see no shit. You know what I mean? Before I would be, give my phone back. You know, get, what the fuck? You can go see my liked pictures. You're just going to see a whole bunch of sober bullshit. Not bullshit. You're going to see a whole bunch of sober shit and some sports stuff and Lakers and Green Bay stuff all day. But um, man, sobriety's given me so much. It allowed me to, you know, share my experience, strength, and hope on platforms like this. I met fucking Will. I don't even know you that well, man. And I just opened myself up so fucking vulnerable. Uh, you know what I mean? And that's what I love about this community. We open up on all different levels. You know what I mean? I just let you on some shit that I thought I was going to take to the grave. But I don't give a fuck. Hopefully I can share something to where somebody is like, oh, my God, I relate to that. And if you don't, just take what you can from it. But uh, if you're new or coming back, or thinking about going back out, man, just work the step, I mean, work the program. You know, you get what you put in. Um, I'm gonna say this shit, I stole this from somebody. You don't get big just sitting in the gym, staring at the equipment, you know what I mean? You get swole by doing the work, you know, going on the bench press, going on the squat rack, doing calf raises, you know what I mean? And that's how you treat sobriety. Um, you don't just get, recovery and sober by just being sober. You got to actually put in some fucking work. So um, Will and the other side of hell, thank you guys for letting me share. Uh, I've went over my time and I fucking, I can blabber. I got an espresso and it's early. So um, yeah, man, mahalo. And thank you for letting me share, bro. Y'all want to find me? You can find me on Instagram at dick underscore in the underscore house. Um, you know, that's me. Shout out to Pro Recovery Power. Shout out to Team 12. Shout out to Sober Contracts. 
Shout out to Valor Clothing and all you social media gurus. And uh, fuck, I love it, man. Yeah, mahalo. Yes, I can I can relate with rambling because of espresso. Mahalo back, bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for your story. And don't uh, give a fuck about the time. The time was great. Yeah. So was the story. Yeah. yeah. So thanks for sharing that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Chris, that was that was incredible. <laughs> right? Yeah. Little, a little work was done on yeah. his part. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, there's a there's there's so much I can relate to, Chris. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, 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 I smoking a, smoking a crack filled blunt with your pinky up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because to smoke out of a crack pipe, that's trash. Oh. No. I had so I used to sit here in Utah. The liquor stores open up at eleven o'clock, and <clears throat> I used to go park. Uh, I used to go park across the street. And I would sit there and I would look at the people that were sitting on the curb waiting for the liquor store to open up. <laughs> and I was like, I was somehow better than them yeah. because I was in a car and they were on, they were sitting on the curb. Right. But I felt like. And I you was, weren't going to be the first one in, right? Uh, no, but I wanted to be the second one. <laughs> yeah. Like I was somebody see, went in before you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, just that same type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like I was somehow okay or better because. I was doing the exact same thing they were, but I was in a car and they were on the curb. Yeah. Right. It's the lies we tell ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's the same thing. It's like, it's like, well, I'm in the car and I'm here just because this happens to be the convenient time for me to stop by. But you guys are clearly waiting for the store to open. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and and I was there with you. Like, I'm surprised I didn't see you at 11 a.m. Probably. You guys probably did. Right. But I mean, I, I. I remember just all those justifications that, you know, that I had in, in using and drinking. And, and one of the things that I think I really appreciated was this story. He went out and he got shit face drunk and then he came home and he's lied. He lied to his, his, his mom, you know, Oh, I got food poisoning. Like, no, I'm not really, you know, but she wasn't buying it. And that's the thing is like, it reminds me that, Sometimes I I can't tell you how many times I probably spouted off about, you know, the reasons for me being justified in drinking and using to the loved ones around me and have them just completely roll their fucking eyes at me. Like, dude, like what? Like that doesn't even make any sense, you know? And, uh, and yeah, man, I'm just, I'm just so glad that it doesn't have to be like that today. But man, like there was just so much about his story that, that I identified with. Like you could never get enough. Like I'm that, I'm that, I can't, yeah. if you give me a year supply of anything, I'll use it yeah. up in a week. Yeah. You know, Steve, yeah. Steve yeah, says Steve. that in me- meetings here locally or used to. Um, but yeah, when he was talking about that, you know, if you could have one, then he would take two. If yeah. you would have, you know, I, I'm that way. Like mm-hmm. the more, the better. 100%. Sure. sure. That, that way you're taken care of, right? Like yeah. I, I deserve to be taken care of. Right. Yeah. You know, and that, because of that whole thing, like he was talking about, like, why me? You know, why is all this, why is all this other good shit happening to everybody else when I'm working just as hard? And right. the truth was I wasn't working just as hard. Right. You right. right. And, you and, feel like you are. And, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm convinced. Yeah. It sounded like he felt like he was. Oh, yeah. Sure. You know, yeah. I mean, he was, he was trying, but. Yeah. And, and he talked about that. Like, I'll just go to Canada I'll get on, I'll get on that. And, and yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, I, I really appreciate when he's able to be honest about having a resentment towards his wife, because that's a, that's a huge one. Like when we start talking about resentments, 
a lot of times when we move into a resentment inventory, we don't want to put down our resentments because at some deep level, we know we're not justified in it, but right. it doesn't fucking matter. It's going right? to expose. Yeah, we need, we need to, to get honest about what they are, you know, and he was able to do that, you know, and I, and I really appreciate that, you know, having a baby in college and then, and then blaming that whole situation on his wife and the world around him and, and you know, just being everybody else's fault yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it was it was crazy just to hear, just to hear the progression in his story and 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 how things just continued to get worse and and how he continued to just buy his own bullshit all the way through, just more and more and more and more until finally, you know, he got to a point where he realized that he had to make some sort of change. Like he realized he needed to make some sort of change. And so he started doing a couple of things differently, right? Try a few things. Yeah. Maybe they work. Maybe like they don't. The yoga. Yep. And I, liked it. I, I really like this part of his story. It made me laugh so much. He's like, I'll I bend my way right into a drink, you know? And, <laughs> and he talked about the crystals. And he's like, yeah, the crystals just made me go right back to the rock. And yeah. it's just like, man, like I... I remember, you know, like going to counseling and trying to do a couple of things myself. And it was like, yeah, I'm trying to do all this stuff while actively drinking. Yeah. You know? Why isn't it working? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. Well, I, I wasn't in a position to hear any of that yeah. stuff, you know. I just wasn't, I wasn't going to hear anything and I wasn't going to take anybody's advice. I was just going to try and do it my own way because I believed the bullshit I was telling myself. Yep. And again, you know, what, what happened to him was kind of like, what happened to all of us, you know, one thing led to another, led to another, right? Mm-hmm. Like there, there yep. was obviously something, you know, and he touched on like what you touched on with, with, you know, I work all day. Right. Why can't I take money out of my own account? I deserve to get this gram of, yep. of, of Coke and this bag of weed and this crack and go smoke it by myself. You know, I deserve these things. It, but at a deep level, you know, he had people in his life that were throwing him hints like his, like his mother-in-law and stuff like that and at a deep level he knew that there needed to be some kind of change and he started seeking that out through the yoga and the crystals right. and making a phone call to a sobriety hotline and then and then uh, ending up in the rooms of alcoholics anonymous where he was finally able to hear the message and start the work and you know something that his sponsor said mm-hmm. we've all heard which is what yeah. Everybody, everybody wants, wants to be stay, sober. Yeah. Everyone wants to nobody be sober. Wants nobody to wants work. to do the work. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and I relate to I relate to Chris a lot when he said, you know, that he was going to watch me. I'm going to watch do this. This. watch this. You know, when he said that, you know, I I was told in my treatment center that there was like a I can't remember the percentage. It was like five or two or three. I don't know what percent people actually stayed sober, and. I, I looked at the counselor and said the same thing. I'm going to be whatever percent that is. Yeah. I'm going to be one of those people. Like, watch me. You know, and, and I mean, yeah. so far. Happy today, birthday. Yeah. 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 And, but when he said that, I, I mean, it just brought me back to that same mentality that I had early on in recovery. Like, I'm going to do this. And you have. And so is Chris. So, mm-hmm. And so have you. Super, so have super you. good yeah. story. You know, it was really fun. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, like, to your point, Cole, like, it doesn't matter what it takes. Like, whether we're doing it out of spite or, or we're doing it on a dare or whatever the reason is, like, early sobriety, like, it, it's important that we hear the message, we do the work, 
and and the motivation doesn't really matter at first like right i think it's important that we we start somewhere and we start today and so, yeah, his his, yeah. his story was great, man. Yeah, thanks, Chris. I, I hope that a lot of people got something from it. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you, Chris. Yep, for sure. Well. For sure. And just, I mean, you mentioned it a second ago, but Cole, congratulations on eight years, man. Thank you. Yeah. I couldn't be more proud of you. I'm honored that you would come here to share it with I, us. No, I couldn't, I couldn't think of two better guys to share it with. It's uh, great. I, I remember... So many years ago, when there was an NA meeting at the church on on Wall, and the Friday night AA meeting is there now in mm-hmm. our hometown. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there used to be an NA meeting in the big hall over there. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing outside of it talking to you, and listening to you talk about how your marriage probably wasn't going to make it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how, yeah. and how none of it was remember, really your yeah. fault. Like, I remember that day. Yeah. 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 That was, we chopped it up for a little while and, and your marriage has like, made it. I remember I think it was maybe like two weeks sober at the yeah, time. Yeah. You might have even been on the druggy bus at the time. I was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was in treatment. That, yeah. yeah. That's, that's when we met. We met after treatment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. so. No. Um, <laughs> she stuck with me. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's made uh, it out. And, eight years. Now we've been married 11 now. And uh, we had a two-year-old at the time, and now we have two more, so a total of three kids. Um, Yeah, she stuck with me. That's what's up, man. It was was pretty amazing that she did that. But, yeah, I remember that conversation. Yeah, thanks for for sticking it out, coming out with us today, you know, sharing sharing Chris's story with us and this platform and talking about justification. I think it's a great topic from where we all came from. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What do you got? No, nah, dude, I'm just I'm just super grateful to be here. I'm 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 so grateful that Cole's here and I I'd love to have you back as often as you'll come. If I can sneak away, I'm I'll, I'll come out. Yeah. Uh this is there would be justify. I'll justify that's it. <laughs> I was looking for that. I was like come up with a few justifications. <laughs> oh, oh Willie's yeah, really yeah. good at incorporating the topic into oh, perfect. <laughs> casual conversation. Yeah, the last one was williness. Yeah, yeah that's williness. right. Williness. Well, great, great episode. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate everything that you're doing. You guys, what do yeah. you say? Thank the crew. Jordan, Thanks, guys. Thanks for Ryland, guys. Mitch, Mitch back there. The interns have names now. You guys are awesome. You guys have escalated. Yeah. To name, name worthy. <laughs> you guys need to be nice to your so, interns. Yeah. I, don't, I did. We gave them shirts. Oh, that's yeah. true. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, I guess like, I don't even have a shirt, so I guess. Yeah, what else do you need? I you don't need a shirt. I don't need a shirt. Yeah, look no. at you. I only come here like once every two months. We'll get you a shirt. No, I mean, period. You're, you look amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> With that, you guys, thank you for tuning in. We will see you on the other side. You are worth the work. So, yeah. The Other Side of Hell is a do-it-yourself podcast. For more information, recovery resources, and contact info, check out our website at theothersideofhellpodcast.com. You can help us spread our message by liking and subscribing, giving us a follow, or a five-star rating.